coffee on your campfire Wind through the barbed wire You huddle close to the flames Though she's far behind you The night wind reminds you It just keeps on whispering her Good morning, sweet and beautiful Texas. The late, great Chris Ledoux kicking things off for us on the Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. Riding for the Falls, the name of that one. One of my favorites there. I'm your host, Cable Smith, by the way. And uh, we're excited to only be playing y'all's requests on this morning's show. Uh, so much great feedback on our Facebook page this week as far as the music that you guys and gals want to hear. So, We'll try to knock out as many of those requests as we can this morning. But uh, anyway, we've got a great show lined up for you today as we are talking hunting, fishing, the great outdoors, and all that implies. So you know what to do by now. Grab that stool, pull it up a little closer to the old campfire, pour yourself another cup of coffee because we've got a ton to get into. And we'll start things off with our 2014-2015 Fearless forecast for the upcoming quail season opens up on October 25th here in the Lone Star State. Our Texas Parks and Wildlife Upland Game Bird Program Leader Robert Perez will be here to uh, give us the lowdown and his expectations for this season. Uh, My gut feeling is it's going to be a lot better than it has been in recent memory. We'll see if Robert agrees coming up here in just a minute. Then we'll talk some crankbaits with FLW Bass Magazine's contributing uh, writer, Sean Ostruska, had a really insightful uh, article recently that uh, broke down how to select the right crankbait. There's so many choices out there. So knowing what to look for when you walk into the store is uh, is paramount. I mean, why would you want to spend 20 bucks on a crankbait if you can get one that's as effective or more effective for six bucks? Uh, so we'll talk about colors, shapes, you know, eyelets, all that stuff, and much more when Sean joins us here in just a little bit. And let's be honest, I mean, this time of the year is one of the best times to be throwing that crankbait as those big females are fattening up and gorging themselves on shad and other bait fish as they move back into the shallows. So uh, I'm looking forward to visiting with Sean here in a little bit. Then a guest that I am very excited about introducing to y'all, it's Forever Last founder and president Billy Gerke. If you're not familiar with Foreverlast, uh, they're a Texas-based hunting and fishing company uh, who really started from the bottom. And now, I mean, you can find Foreverlast at just about every major outdoor retailer uh, that's out there. So I'm certainly looking forward to uh, to having Billy on the show and, uh, and talking some whitetail hunting and probably a little coastal fishing with him as well, as I know Billy loves to hit up the Texas coast and and get after the redfish and trout. And speaking of redfish and trout, uh, that's what we will wrap things up with today when our good friend Captain Lynn Gerard joins us live from the Texas coast for our monthly coastal fishing report. So redfish, trout, flounder, black drum, sheep's head, you name it, we're going to get into it here uh, at the bottom of the hour with our good buddy Captain Lynn. He'll tell us where to find them and what they're biting. Uh, So that's what's on the docket for today. It should be a great show. I am certainly looking forward to it. A couple other things to mention. I want to congratulate Pope Brothers Guide Service and Outfitting. Uh, They went 22 for 22 this antelope season. 22 pronghorn hunters came through camp. 22 left 
with a trophy pronghorn. So uh, you can't do any better than that in the Texas Panhandle. Uh, absolutely loved hunting with them this season. Can't wait to do it again next year. Uh, so congrats to Pope Brothers. Also, our monthly photo contest is going on right now. We've got a Mossberg Flex 22 semi-automatic rifle as our October grand prize. And all you have to do to be eligible is send me your best hunting, fishing, or outdoor photo. Post them on our Facebook page, our Lone Star Outdoor Show Facebook page. Or if you don't have Facebook, uh, you can email them to Lone Star show at gmail.com. And then at the end of the month, you guys and gals get to vote for your favorite photo. Whoever gets the most votes wins the rifle. It's that simple. So thanks to Mossberg for sponsoring uh, this month's contest. And don't forget that our 12 monthly winners from 2014 will square off at the end of this year for a chance to join me on an exotic black buck or axis buck trophy hunt down at the beautiful Coons Canyon Ranch in Rock Springs, Texas. So a pretty sweet grand prize hunt package there as well. Uh, we've got a Havilon knife to give away this morning. As y'all know by now, we love hooking you up with outdoor gear. We do it all week long on our Facebook page and, uh, and then usually have some pretty cool stuff to give away on the show. And this Havilon Barracuda is no exception. Stay tuned as we will tell you how to win that Havilon coming up here in just a little bit. So stay tuned for that. Let's knock out a quick break here. When we come back, we're talking all things quail with our Texas Parks and Wildlife Upland Game Bird Program Leader, Robert Pettis. You're listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Well, the wife and the kids and the dogs are gone. I can't get Jesus on the phone, but old Milwaukee's best is my best friend. Did you know there's a bank that will pay you to be its customer? That's right. Lone Star Ag Credit is a cooperative, and since it's owned by its stockholders, it pays millions in dividends each year. That's free money to every borrower. Lone Star Ag Credit serves people all over Northeast Texas, assuring you competitive interest rates on real estate loans, rural home loans, livestock, and farm and ranch loans. Contact Lone Star Ag Credit today at 800-530-1252 or on the web at LoneStarAgCredit.com. Equal housing lender. Whitetail season has come and gone, y'all, but that doesn't mean it's time to stop hunting. Coons Canyon Ranch in Rock Springs, Texas, specializes in exotics such as axis deer and black buck. Coons Canyon offers quality animals at a price the working man can afford. Military personnel, police, and firefighters get 10% off the total price. Lodging is available upon request, as are other exotic species. Visit CoonsCanyonRanch.com for your next exotic trophy hunt. That's CoonsCanyonRanch.com. Hey friends, Cable Smith here for DFW Safes. We all know that our guns are a big part of our lives, from grandfather's old 12-gauge to that trusty tack driver of a deer rifle. And DFW Safes is North Texas' premier safe dealer, specializing in rhino, bighorn, huntsman, heritage, and fortress safes, to name a few. They're family-owned and operated and have over 24 years' experience in the safe and installation business. They even have commercial safes for your business and scratch-and-dent safes for the most frugal of gun owners. Visit DFWSafes.com to set up your delivery today. That's DFWSafes.com or call 817-715-1068. At LSC Trailer Sales, we offer a full line of utility trailers from small single axle trailers to heavy equipment trailers, ATV trailers, car haulers, landscape trailers, cargo trailers, truck beds, and more. We can special order a custom trailer specific to your needs and have the ability to customize standard models in-house. LSC Trailer Sales is here to assist you with any questions you might have about trailers. Call 940-484-5500 
or visit us at lsctrailersales.com. Finally, quality trailers at affordable prices in Dallas-Fort Worth. Hey, y'all, Cable Smith here for Tioga Retrievers. As bird hunters, we expect the most out of our gun dogs, and that's why I sent my sweet girl Belle to Angie and Tim Becker at Tioga Retrievers. Not only were her manners and obedience spot on in the blind and in the field, but Belle picked up over 200 birds in her first season. So whether you want a well-rounded hunting dog or just a well-mannered companion for the home, Tioga Retrievers has you covered. Located in Aubrey, Texas, visit TiogaRetrievers.com. That's T-I-O-G-A Retrievers.com. Hey, this is Hank 3, and you're listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. And I'm drinking some George Jones and a little bit of coke. Haggard's in my misery, and Waylon's keeping me from home. Country Hank's Heroes is the name of that one there from Hank 3, bringing us back That's on the Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Lone Star Beer and... Off Power Polaris. I'm Cable Smith, thanking each and every one of you for being here with me today as we're about to talk some quail. Uh, but first, this segment is brought to you by the beautiful Squaw Mountain Ranch in Jacksboro, Texas, offering whitetail hunts to Axis and Black Buck and even super exotics like Sable, Blessbach, and Gemsbuck. So be sure to visit smrhunts.com to book your next trophy hunt today. Well, moving right along here, uh, let's go ahead. Actually, you know what? Before we talk some quail, let's do a quick giveaway. Uh, Y'all know that I love to give you free outdoor gear, and uh, it's really like Christmas year-round on the Lone Star Outdoors show. And this week is no exception as I've got a Havilon Barracuda knife to help you clean, well, help one of y'all clean all of those quail this season. And we'll give this awesome Havilon blade away to, well, let's do it like this. If you know what the Texas bag limit, the daily bag limit for Bob White or Blue Quail is, uh, text that number in to 214-289-7807. Text in the daily bag limit for Quail to 214-289-7807. We'll put all the correct text into a hat and draw a lucky winner and get one of y'all hooked up with this awesome Havilon blade. Moving on here, let's talk some quail. And joining us now is the man whose finger is always squarely on the pulse of our quail population. It's my pleasure to welcome back our longtime friend and Texas Parks and Wildlife Upland Game Bird Program Leader, Robert Perez. Thanks for being here, man. Great to be here, Cable. Thanks for having me. You betcha. And, you know, Robert, you're one of our uh, more regular Texas Parks and Wildlife guests, and we always love talking Upland game with you. And I guess, first of all, what have you been up to of late? Well, we've been working on some uh, big habitat projects, quail-related, and a few different folk areas of Texas. So we're uh, working hard with Upland Game Bird stamp dollars, the license you buy to, to hunt quail, uh, to put conservation on the ground. Awesome. Love to hear that. And didn't you just return from a national quail meeting as well? Uh, right, Des Moines, Iowa, there was a national meeting of the, the, the Northern Bob White Conservation Initiative. Okay, and so what went on there in regards to quail? Texas is one of 25 member states that are working on a national recovery plan for Bob White, first of its kind, really, for a, for a species like Bob White and up in Game Bird, uh, where, where states are participating, building areas where they demonstrate that uh, quail recovery is possible and uh, give people hope and inspiration. Excellent. And that's obviously what I want to talk about today with quail season opening up next weekend on the 25th. Um, you know, based on what I've seen personally and what other hunters and outdoorsmen and women have told me, uh, 
I think we're in for a real treat, Robert. This could be our best season in seven or eight years. It's been several years, uh, correct. We're very excited. Our surveys came back uh, very positive. Quail populations have been depressed over much of their range in Texas, especially in the core areas of Rolling Plains and the Panhandle and also uh, South Texas brush country. And both of those areas had a pretty strong positive response, and and we attribute that to um, good timely rainfall. It wasn't a flood. It wasn't above-average rainfall, but for quail, they got enough rainfall to initiate nesting and pair bonding. And uh, that, coupled with the fact that it really didn't get hot over much of Texas until very late in the summer, and so those lower summer temperatures really opened that window up wider for quail to have an opportunity to nest. Yeah, that was the most mild and pleasant uh, summer that I can remember in recent memory. I mean, the triple-digit days were few and far between instead of the norm, uh, which <laughs> seems to usually be the case. Correct, and, and that can have a great a great positive impact on ground-nesting birds like bobwhite quail. So when you combine some rainfall and lower-than-average uh, daily temperature, uh, soil remains in the I mean, moisture remains in the soil longer, and so, uh, soil moisture is absolutely necessary to hatch an egg. Well, so you mentioned surveys there, Robert. Uh, break that down for us as far as how you guys go about collecting data and running those survey lines. Right. Our regional biologists or biologists in different counties, uh, they run 20-mile driving routes. They, run, they drive at about 20 miles per hour, and they're counting all the birds that they see uh, and, and grouping them by age class. And this survey's uh, been going on since 1978, so it's got a long history, and it's a pretty good indication of a trend at a broad scale. So, for instance, there may be 25 surveys in an area like South Texas distributed across the whole area, and we just get one number that's a trend or an index to the population. So certainly it's not meant to say what's going to happen on a particular ranch. It's how things are going across that landscape for that year, an index to the population. Okay, so very much the same manner that you uh, run your pheasant surveys. Um, you know, over the past few years, due to declining quail numbers, uh, Robert, uh, there's been a lot of hell raised about reducing the daily bag limit down from 15 birds to, say, 10 or maybe even 5. But based on our past visits and the overall lack of quail hunters these days, uh, that 15 bird bag limit really doesn't have an effect on the overall population at all. That's right. You're correct, Kay. Well, there's been plenty of research um, completed on that subject, but you really don't need a complete research paper if you just know the average number of birds that a, that a quail hunter would take in a day, and it's basically you know anywhere from four to six birds. And so a reduction in that daily bag limit from 15 even to 10 wouldn't impact the vast majority of hunters. Although at the coffee shop or at the hunting club, we may say that we take 15 birds in a day, but that number of folks that really do that is pretty low. <laughs> yeah, and really, you know, there just hasn't been opportunity. Uh, right or wrong, quail hunting has become more of an affluent sport, supply and demand. You know, there hasn't been a lot of quail, so quail leases, even day leases, have been very expensive. Hopefully, we'll see a uh, a reversal in that trend with increased hunter opportunity this fall. But uh, anyway, Robert, you know, you mentioned we got the timely rains we needed throughout much of the Bob White's home range here in Texas. But take it a step further and give us your regional hotspots uh, where you believe the quail hunting or, or opportunity is going to be the best. I guess we can start off with the, the rolling plains, the panhandle, where bird numbers have been hardest hit. 
and a lot of uh, research and conservation groups have been putting a lot of energy and resources into studying causes of decline and trying to reverse declines in that in that region. We're very fortunate in Texas that uh, there are a long list of groups that are very passionate and dedicated and are working towards conservation for the species. Um, so the Rolling Plains has had a record low each year uh, in a row for three or four years in a row. And so this is the first year in about three or four years that the, the needle has moved in the positive direction. So we're very excited about that. The population index has more than doubled, but it's doubled from the record low. And so they definitely have a long way to go. So there was production. We're getting a lot of good reports of folks saying that they're going to hunt again this year where they hadn't hunted in uh, three or four years on their personal properties and other places that are going to choose to go ahead and, and go ahead and pass and not hunt again this year. Maybe their birds didn't respond quite as well or the numbers are still too low. So the Rolling Plains is an area that's definitely in recovery and with another good year, another good spring and summer, I think we could see some strong responses in the Rolling Plains. But for now, it's an uphill battle. So it's going to be a mixed bag. Places that were uh, productive last year around Abilene, around Ballinger, around um, up in the Panhandle in some areas, around um, Canadian ch uh, Childress. So there were several areas that were um, pretty good hotspots last year, and those will probably be even better this year. And so uh, we're expecting to have some good hunting opportunity just in certain places, but maybe not across the whole region. Okay. Uh, well, moving on to South Texas and, and blue quail, uh, and I actually did harvest a couple uh, while deer hunting down in Webb County last year. But I tell you what, Robert, the last two seasons, I mean, every sit we had probably three, four different coveys of scaled quail coming to the feeder. I mean, it was awesome to see and and uh, really cool to watch how those birds have rebounded. All right, we're getting a, a large number of positive reports from South Texas. So as I mentioned, our surveys are an index, kind of a baseline, but there are places that will be above and below that. And there's just a large number of reports coming in. They're saying, no, they're not average. They're above average on their ranches. And so just a whole flood of um, reports coming in the Carrizo area, Catula area, all, everything on the sand sheet, Brooks and Kennedy County, you know, large areas there that are, that are seeing uh, above average numbers they had not seen in several years. So a lot of those places were good last year, too. There were pockets, but because they had, you know, two in a row, that's basically what it takes. You get two decent years in a row and quail can really respond and we're seeing that over over many areas in South Texas. Mm -hmm. Well, Robert, you know, obviously drought and loss of habitat are major limiting factors for, for quail numbers. Uh, but, you know, there's really not a fur industry to speak of these days, not like there was anyway. Uh, folks are not trapping. Uh, there are way more coyotes, bobcats, raccoons, skunks, you name it. So more predators on the ground even feral hogs uh, will make a meal out of a quail nest. And let's face it, they, these birds nest on the ground. They make their living there. Uh, so oftentimes that ends up making them an easy meal. Uh, now, what are your thoughts on the increased number of predators out there on the landscape and, and how that affects quail numbers? Well, the fundamental cause of declines across the range of the United States, including Texas, where we see long-term downward trends, in populations, uh, the primary cause of that is loss of habitat, loss of the quality and quantity of habitat. So that's that's the source, that's the problem. And then there are symptoms of that problem, of that disease. So you treat the problem, improve habitat, and the symptoms tend to go away, whether they be disease or predators. And so the best uh, offense is a good defense. Providing enough habitat for quail to have a viable population seems to be the most successful approach. 
There are certainly situations in a fragmented habitat where someone's got some isolated quail in their place, but maybe they're surrounded by uh, a landscape that's a little bit inhospitable to quail. And so in that scenario, if there were a lot of predators, a lot of raccoons, especially if people have a lot of deer feeders and there are a lot of raccoons that are well-fed and Boone and Crockett trophy raccoons that wouldn't <laughs> normally be there, those can start to interfere with nesting. And so in certain situations, I, I could see how predator control, especially of, of nesting, um, nest robbers, that would be appropriate. But really, uh, when we get down to the root of things, and, that, and we like to talk about addressing the problems, and the problems definitely are kind of a loss of quality and quantity of habitat. And some of that can be short-term because of drought, like you mentioned. Uh, drought can make a pretty good habitat area not be good for quail for a number of years. And then when weather turns around, that can again become excellent quail habitat. So that's that boom and bust. But the long-term trend, really looking at uh, supplying habitat that meets the needs of Bob White. All right. Well, hey, Robert, it sounds like it's going to be a great season, uh, especially, you know, when you compare it to uh, the last few years here in Texas. Uh, I'm really excited about it. I know a lot of folks are as well. Uh, I did want to talk some pheasant today. Unfortunately, though, we are out of time, so we'll have to uh, schedule another visit. I guess we have about six weeks or so before the pheasant opener. Uh, so we'll check in again uh, prior to, uh, to opening day because I know pheasant have not rebounded like quail have. They've been hit really hard. Uh, but I uh, do want to get your outlook on on our pheasant situation and the panhandle as well. So uh, we appreciate your time today, and I look forward to uh, visiting again with you very soon. Sounds good, Kay. We appreciate you having me on. You bet. Thanks again, Robert. Take care. All right. There he goes, our Texas Parks and Wildlife Upland Game Bird Program Leader, Robert Perez. Always great to uh, to check in with him. And, and really, for the first time uh, in recent memory, he had some good news to share with us regarding our quail numbers. So uh, exciting stuff there. And that segment, by the way, proudly brought to you by Pope Brothers Guide Service and Outfitting. I actually just went on my first ever antelope hunt in the Panhandle. I uh, got my first pronghorn with Pope Brothers first class operation. And uh, and they don't just do antelope. If you want to hunt whitetail or exotics, both uh, free-ranging or high-fence, they have the hunt for you. Let me tell you, they will hunt anything, anywhere. Uh, you can check out their website at huntsintexas.com. That's huntsintexas.com. Uh, give Pope Brothers a call for your next trophy hunt. Hey, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll change it up, talk some bass fishing, and really dive into crankbaits and what makes a good one versus a bad one. That's coming up with FLW Magazine contributing writer Sean Ostruska. You're listening to the Lone Star Outdoors Show. Ben Lofton Fencing is Texas' premier fencing company. They apply a design-it-right, build-it-right, the first-time mindset to all projects. And with 15-plus years' experience, there's no job they won't tackle. Ben Lofton Fencing specializes in deer and exotic game fences, breeder and handling facilities, water gaps, as well as farm and ranch fences, and corrals and working pens. Better Business Bureau certified, they offer the quality and personal service you expect. So for your next fencing project, go Texan and call Mr. Lofton himself at 254-709-1320 or visit BenLoftonFencing.com. Do you have a hog problem at your ranch or deer lease? We have the solution, the System Hog Trap. 
comes in two sizes, 17-foot and 30-foot diameter traps. After you trap the hogs, take the top section off the trap and use it for another feeder site to keep the hogs away from the feeder. The system is both a trap and a deer food plot fence. That way you don't waste your money on just a hog trap. Call 940-391-3669 or visit www.goinfencing.com. That's goinfencing.com. Hey, North Texas sports fans, this is Brian Spagnola, General Manager of Texas Motor Cars in Addison. My family's been in the car business for over 50 years, and I want to show you the difference in buying from a family-owned and operated business. TexasMotorCars.com is an awesome website that lets you do virtually all of your shopping online. We have a professional photographer that takes amazing photos, and we give you all the information that you'll need up front. You can even find out how much we will give you for your trade-in before you ever come in. I take pride in the fact you can come in, choose a car, and be out in less than an hour. We have financing rates starting at 1.79% on pre-owned vehicles and can help almost anybody. Please do yourself a favor. If you're in the market for a pre-owned vehicle of any kind, give us a shot. Let me show you how easy buying a vehicle should be. Visit TexasMotorCars.com or come visit our 20,000-square-foot indoor showroom in Addison. Again, visit TexasMotorCars.com or call us at 1-888-9-TX-MOTORS. Cable Smith here with my good friend Craig Smith, owner of GameGuard Outdoors. And you know, Craig, GameGuard Camouflage has been concealing Texas hunters for over a decade now. And this fall, we're equally as excited about the brand new and revolutionary Gulf Coast Cooler, uh, the first modular cooler system ever to hit the market. Yeah, Cable, we're excited about it. It truly is a modular system. And now a guy doesn't have to have three or four different coolers. He can have one cooler that he can attach another one to it. We have wheel wheel attachments that snap onto the cooler to get it to and from the boat. and with A lot more attachments to follow this season. Well, we're certainly looking forward to using ours in the field this fall. And Cable, we want to we wanna thank our customers again. This is our 11th season and, and uh, things just keep getting better and we appreciate every one of them. Well, we appreciate you, Craig. And for more information, y'all visit gulfcoastcooler.com. new stuff there from the pride of El Paso, Texas. Scraping the Bottoms, the name of that one, from the Dirty River Boys, bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoors Show, presented by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. I'm Cable Smith. Thanks for letting me ride shotgun with you on this lovely Lone Star weekend. Uh, we're about to talk some bass fishing and specifically get into crankbaits, uh, but Real quick, this segment is proudly brought to you by Lone Star Beer, the national beer of Texas, available once again this fall in the Game Guard Camo Can. So grab a 12-pack on your way to the lake or to the deer lease this season because there's no better way to celebrate a great day on the water or in the woods than with an ice-cold Lone Star Beer. Lone Star Beer, the national beer of Texas. Well, moving right along here, uh, if you're like me, crankbaits are a mainstay in your tackle box. When you're bass fishing, you know, for me, it's uh, it's all about Texas rig, soft plastics, and crankbaits. Those are my two favorites. Uh, but, man, there are a lot of choices out there when it comes to crankbaits. And uh, I recently read a, a great article on crankbaits. It was written by Sean Ostruska. He's a freelance contributor for FLW Bass Magazine. And uh, he joins us now to talk about that piece 
cranking down the choices, 18 ways to pick the best crankbait. Sean, thanks for being here today, man. Hey, thanks for having me. You betcha. And yeah, I mean, fall is here, Sean. Lots of folks have probably put away the fishing poles and are uh, chasing whitetail and, and ducks and, and been chasing dove hard for a month or so. But, you know, still plenty of people out there fishing and for good reason, because fall is a great time of the year to land that double digit largemouth. Uh, they've started moving back into the shallows and uh and those those girls are starting to put on weight you know getting ready for for the spring spawn they're starting to feed uh frantically on shad and and other bait fish uh so now is a great time to get after them and my favorite way to catch fall and winter largemouths is is with crankbait uh we're going to get into this article that you wrote here momentarily but first uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and this niche that you've carved out in the fishing industry as far as an angler writer and uh, recently starting your own lure company sure no problem i mean i've been fishing my entire life i actually grew up uh in the chicagoland area so you wouldn't think there's that much fishing up here but there's still some pretty good fishing and uh um you know i've got the you know unique opportunity to move down to kentucky and was an editor for flw outdoors magazine for some years and um eventually moved back to chicagoland but i'm still a contributor there uh I helped launch BassRankings.com, uh, which has been very, very successful. And then I'm actually in the process of starting my own fishing lure company. So I like to keep my fingers in a lot of different uh, pies out there in the outdoor industry because I just enjoy it so much. Right on, right on. Well, yeah, and like I said, I, I really enjoyed your recent piece on crankbaits titled Cranking Down the Choices, 18 Ways to Pick the Best Crankbait. It really addresses that that issue of, and, and we've all been there as anglers, where you walk into a retail store and it can be overwhelming. I mean, there's a thousand different crankbait options, you know, but what makes one better than another? Because there's different colors, shapes, bills, lips, uh, eyelet placement. I mean, you name it. And price tag is also a major factor. Uh, so how do you select the right crankbait? Which one's going to catch more fish than the other? And your article really dissects that issue. And while we don't have time to get into all 18 points that you make, I do want to hit on a few of them today. And let's start with uh, choosing the crankbait with a thin rear end. And I'll let you expand on what you mean by that. Yeah, I, you wouldn't think, you know, the, everyone focused on the lip or the size and everything. You wouldn't think the tail would make that much of a difference. But it actually does, you know, just the way it, it, it kind of slices the water. And that was something... Uh, talking with David Fritz, he was mentioning how, you know, uh, the thinner the rear end, the easier it's going to slice through the water. There's less drag on it, and it really increases, um, you know, the wiggle, and it'll increase how it hunts. It, it makes quite the difference as opposed to having that pointed thin rear end as opposed to this big hulking round, you know, tail on it, which, like you said, something that is really easy that you can just look, you know, walking on down the aisle, and you can see you're between two. Go with the one with the, you know, the thin rear end. Uh-huh. Okay, and, and you mentioned uh, hunting, and we associate that, obviously, with the back-and-forth movement um, that a crankbait uh, either has or doesn't have. And you talk about in this piece that a crankbait needs to hunt, but it also needs to stay on the path. Yeah, I mean, with crankbaits, I mean, for for the average angler, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to consider myself, you know, and elite angler by any means so i you know i consider myself in that average angler category as well you know it 
you want something that hunts, but you know, I'm not going to get so specific where I need to know that my crankbait is hitting six and a half feet. You know, but you talk to these pros, they need to know that their crankbait is hitting six and a half feet at this, you know, at this point in their cast. And if the hunt, you know, if it's hunting back and forth, they can't consistently hit those targets. And that was the biggest thing, you know, for someone like myself or any average angler out there is if, if you constantly want to hit, you know, that boulder, well, if it's hunting, you know, two feet, one, we one foot the other way, you're not going to be able to hit that boulder unless you know exactly where it's going to hunt. So that's where you want that sway back and forth, but you want it consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if it's going too far, it's too erratic. Yeah. You're going to catch fish on it, but you're not going to catch as many because you're going to miss a lot of opportunities. Oh yeah. Oh, and, and I think we've all had that crankbait um, before where it just hunts to one side, no matter what, how you adjust the eyelid or where you tie your knot, that, that damn crankbait is always going to either go right or left. And, and those I've are the got a pile that, of them. Yeah. <laughs> they get <laughs> taken out of this. It's frustrating. You just sit there and you're like, well, there's, you know, and I've messed with them, tuned them, tried, you know, whatever. It's like, nope, that one is just going to swim that way for whatever. And it, it deals with the manufacturing process and that stuff that, unfortunately, unless you can x-ray everyone before you buy them, you're never going to know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, and let's talk about eyelet placement. Um, sure. What is ideal and why? You know, it depends on the crankbait and everything. In terms of, um, well, we'll start with the the actual eyelet. You know, some of those ones, you know, because every crankbait needs to be tuned, but some of those eyelets, the, the wire is so stiff that it's almost impossible to tune them correctly. You know, versus, and then you have some where the eyelet is so, it's so uh, pliable that you'll tune it and it'll come out of tune when you hit something. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, little things like the wire thickness kind of make a difference. But, um, you know, let's talk a little bit about square bills. You know, most of the square bills, the eyelet is right where the lip meets the body. Right. You know, it's a pretty consistent place for it. And you're going to get a consistent action out of it. But in talking with the pros, they actually prefer the more it comes, that eyelet comes out of the body versus coming out of the you know, where it meets the lip for those mm-hmm. square bills because it's going to deflect a little bit different. And according to them, they said it deflected a lot better. Mm-hmm. So, and like I said, I'm going to go with what they say. And all, you know, all the pros that I talked to all said the same thing about that eyelet. So just like I said, a little thing that walking down the aisle, you can say, hey, that's that's what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and, and here's something else. And this is um, when you're when you're walking down the aisle, it's easy to see that that pretty packaging and the really bright, vibrant colors, and those those crankbaits that have so much intimate detail on them. Of course, they cost more, um, and you're going to pay for <laughs> yeah, that <they> detail. Do. <laughs> yeah, but to be honest, and especially with the speed that you're reeling in a crankbait, the fish don't see that detail. They see shades. Absolutely. The one thing you know, talking with them all, because you know everyone. You look at some of those custom painting jobs, I and mean, I've got some custom painted crankbaits. They look like they're works of art, oh, and yeah. they're beautiful. And they, you know, they said, "Look, if it gives you that extra confidence, great, throw it. Then it's worth it." But otherwise, you know, is a fish going to know that you're throwing a thread fin pattern with, you know, a green back as opposed to, you know, a bluish purple haze? No, he's going to see chat. You know, you're you're cranking that thing as fast as you can go. So, you know, don't get caught up so much in. You know, oh my God, it's got this kind of back on it or this kind of flecking. It, no, I mean, have a shad pattern. You know, have 
chartreuse patterns, but otherwise, that's all that matters. Right. And some of the best crankbait colors out there are some of the ugliest colors you've ever seen. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, you can't go wrong with just a regular shad color. And then uh, around here in North Texas, I, I like anything that, that is the same color as a baby bass. Uh, oh, yeah. You can't go wrong with that up here, for me anyway. Um, rattles versus no rattles, point of contention there. You know, folks, you know, have their preference. Uh, what were the pros' thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, rattles, that's something, I mean, you could argue for days on whether or not it makes a difference. But in general, what a lot of the guys say is it does make a difference. If the fish are more active, then a rattle is definitely going to work. Um, and if they're really active or if you're going for a big fish, some of those one-knocker rattles, they put off a little different vibration, can really make the difference. Again, if they're really active or you're going for a really big fish. Mm-hmm. But if the fish are kind of down a little bit, uh, going with something that has no rattles, you know, the, the lure is going to make some action, you know, make some noise because the hooks are clanging around, but it's a lot less. And they said it makes quite the difference going with that no rattled version when those fish are kind of lethargic. I actually was just doing another article and it came up again. And, and the way the pro kind of put it was perfect for it. Where he's like, you know, if, you know, when you're cranking that thing and it's got no rattles, it's less likely the bass is going to actually know what's coming up on them. And all of a sudden it's going to surprise them. And you're going to get that reaction bite versus if it's got those rattles, they're going to hear it coming. They're going to feel it coming from farther off. So by the time it gets to them, they already know what's coming to them. Uh-huh. So it's, it's a little thing like that. When you're trying to get that reaction strike when they're lethargic, you know, it's worth a shot to try one with no rattles in it. Right on, right on. Uh, let's talk about weight. Um, you know, obviously a heavier crankbait, you're going to be able to cast it further, so that's important. But uh, weight also, you know, comes into play on the retrieve as well. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you want the more that weight is towards the head, it's generally going to be better because you want, especially something you can tell right away if you've got a good crankbait, you let it sit on the surface. The more that head is going to be pointing down, the faster that that lure is going to get to its desired depth. And so, and that's something that the weight plays into it extremely well. It also helps, you know, where that weighting is, is going to play into when you hit off of cover, whether or not it's going to come back and, how quickly it's going to come back and start wiggling right. Mm-hmm. You know, you have someone, you know, you have some crankbaits where they hit off cover and they deflect real nice, but then they swim sideways for 10 feet and well, it's 10 feet of your cast is kind of wasted versus if that weight is right, it'll swing, it'll deflect and it'll come back to center real quick. And like I said, it's just something that, you know, when you start playing with different crankbaits and you find ones that really catch fish for you, you can start to see patterns and you go, boy, you know, the weighting is here in this one, and it's here in this one, and both those catch fish. And this one, it's kind of different, and that one I don't seem to catch as much fish. There are consistencies to it. Right, right. Well, um, we are almost out of time. I did want to hit on one other thing, uh, though, and that is you talk about roll. And, you know, all crankbaits should have that wiggle action side to side, but what, what is roll, and why is that important in a crankbait? Roll is actually, yeah, I mean, everyone's going to go back and forth, side to side. But roll is where it actually is going to have, where it rolls kind of um, the top and bottom wiggle back, you know, back and forth Mm -hmm. on that axis, too. And what it does is it creates a little bit more of a swimming action. It's a little more natural. Um, 
it also flashes those sides a little bit more. You, know, you think to like, um, you think of like a, a kind of a flat sided crankbait. Those ones just strictly have wiggle to them, and it flashes, you know, on their sides. But a fish that's beneath them is only going to see the belly. You know, if it has some roll to it, suddenly a fish that's going to be beneath that or to the side of it a little bit is going to get a little bit more of that dark top to it. Mm-hmm. You know, when it's rolling back and forth, it creates kind of a nice contrast and silhouette to it, and it's a flash of a different color to it that really can make a difference. Like I said, I mean, and why ones do it versus other ones all depends on the shape. But when you find a good crankbait, you'll kind of notice that, boy, that one has a little different wiggle to it. And then, like I said, it's usually the roll. When I find a good crankbait, I usually end up buying all of the ones the store has. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Me too. Yeah. I wish that, and I wish all of them worked as well as that one good crankbait. But, you know, one last tip is when you do find that one good crankbait, because you can buy 10 of the same crankbait, they're not all going to swim the same. But when you find one that does seem to be catching fish, put a little X on the belly of it. It's just a little way that you know, hey, this is a good one. You know, if, you know. So maybe if you're fun fishing, you don't use that one because you don't want to lose it. Mm-hmm. But come tournament time, that's the one that you're going to pull out. Or if you really think you're in a good spot, that's the one you're going to pull out. And like I said, just a quick little X. Fish isn't going to make any difference on it, but it's going to make a difference to you. Right. Yeah. Great insight there because confidence is uh, a huge part of this game. Um, Sean, great stuff today, man. If y'all want to check out the full article, uh, you can do so. It's in the August issue of FLW's Bass Fishing Magazine. Sean, thanks for your time today, man. Uh, We'll have to do it again in the future, and I look forward to reading your next article. Hey, anytime. Anytime you want to talk lures, I'm more than happy to do it. All right, brother. Have a good one. Hey, you too. All right, some pretty good insight there from Sean Ostruska. We appreciate him stopping by. Let's knock out a quick break. When we come back, we'll be joined by the president and founder of a Texas-based hunting and fishing company that, if you're not aware of by now, you really should be. Billy Gerke of Foreverlast joins us. We'll talk some deer hunting, maybe some wade fishing, and who knows what else, but that's coming up after the break. You're listening to the Lone Star Outdoors Show. Lone Star 4x4 has everything you need to customize your Jeep, truck, or SUV the way you want it. They install lift kits, leveling kits, wheels, tires, bed liners, as well as color match spray line accessories, full exterior sprayed vehicles, fenders, steps, LED lights, light bars, car audio, brush guards, steel bumpers, goosenecks, toolboxes, performance exhaust, you name it, they have it. No job is too big or too small at Lone Star 4x4. Call 940-484-5500 or visit LoneStar4x4.com. That's LoneStar4by4.com or check out their most recent builds on Facebook. Hi, I'm Craig Boddington. I'd like to invite you to become a member of Dallas Safari Club, one of the world's leading hunting and conservation organizations. As a member, you'll receive Game Trails Magazine, a monthly newsletter, and invitations to our monthly meetings and special activities. Join Dallas Safari Club, an international organization based in Dallas, supporting hunting and conservation worldwide. For more information, call 800-9-GO-HUNT or visit our website at www.biggame.org. 
BioBore EB is the premier gasoline additive that combats the negative effects ethanol has on an engine. Its comprehensive formula is designed to protect marine engines and marine environments, yet also works great in all two- and four-stroke engines. It prevents phase separation and ethanol-related engine problems while stabilizing fuel for 18 months. BioBore's detergents also clean the entire fuel system of carbon and varnishes. BioBore EB has the best treat rate in the industry. One ounce treats an amazing 15 gallons of gas. Available at your local sporting goods store or visit BioBore.com today. Howdy folks, I'm Lee Hoffbear for Hoffbear's Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas. We hope you love listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show, because we do, and we're proud to be a title sponsor. Now listen up, we here at Hoffbear Outdoor Superstore have got some great deals for you folks that love the great outdoors. Whether you're needing a brand new Polaris ATV, or maybe a Polaris Ranger to ride around check your deer feeders, get to and from the deer blind, maybe to get you down to the dove patch, whatever your needs are, we can fix you up with a brand new Polaris today. Now we're also a New Holland tractor and equipment dealer. Now I'm just speculating, but maybe you need a new tractor and shredder to shred around your deer blinds, maybe clean up around deer camp, or maybe even shred a few lanes in those sunflower pack. Now, we've got lots more than just Polaris and New Holland, so come check us out today. Hoffbauer's Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas. You can check us out on the web at hpolaris.com. Better yet, just come see us. Highway 84 West in Gulfway, Texas, and in Central Texas for over 48 years now. And folks, we couldn't have stuck around this long. We were steering you wrong. Hey, this is Jonathan Hillstrand off the Time Bandit of Discovery's hit show, Delia's Catch. You're listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Y'all request them, we play them. That is Texas Raised by No Dry County, bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Players. I'm Cable Smith, and there is no place I'd rather be than right here talking outdoors with you fine folks. And uh, We're actually about to be joined by a Texas Raised outdoorsman who founded his own line of practical hunting and fishing products uh, over 17 years ago now, but before... We check in with Billy Gerke. Uh, this segment is brought to you by Foreverlast, where we live hunting and fishing. Check us out at foreverlast.com. Uh, well, speaking of Foreverlast, uh, I'm thrilled about this new partnership with a great Texas-based company that started out from nothing and has uh, now been in business bringing great hunting and fishing products to the Texas outdoorsman and woman uh, for... 17 years now. It is my pleasure to welcome the founder and president of Foreverlast, Billy Gerke. We certainly appreciate you being here today, bud. Yes, sir, man. This, this is a fun time of year. The, the cool fronts are rolling through, so we're excited about the upcoming hunting season for sure. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt. Uh, I guess, first of all, have you had a chance to, to get in a pop-up blind or, or climb a tree yet this fall? I was lucky enough to be able to go up to Colorado early part of September and got to enjoy some of the the, the cooler weather up there but uh me and my son are actually going to venture out maybe this evening and try to go sit in a bow stand and uh see if he can hit something with his crossbow awesome and how old is he he's eight years old so he's just kind of getting started into it i also have a 12 year old ty and the youngest is lane and and i think i've created a couple monsters it's either uh daddy let's go fishing or let's go hunting but i <laughs> i couldn't be any more prouder of them they're they're great sportsmen and they're learning how to how to do it the right way yeah, and that's what's cool about the crossbow. And, you know, I think we're getting past that point of contention from all of the 
uh, traditional and compound guys who really were upset when, you know, Texas Parks and Wildlife decided to allow crossbows during archery season. Um, but there are so many older hunters out there who can't draw back a compound bow anymore. And also, it creates an opportunity for youngsters to spend more days afield, and that's always a good thing. I totally agree. You know, it's kind of like going from a rifle to a bow the first time, and, you know, this is something they can just step up from once they get comfortable shooting crossbow. Then you can move them up into the uh, in the compound bow, and then, you know, as, as you get better at that, you go to the more traditional bows. I think there's always just a, a step up, you know, in your game. So it's, it's, it's cool to start them out with that crossbow, though, for sure. Yeah, and eventually you're Tim Wells, and you just start throwing a spear. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we'll ever graduate to that point, but, uh, you know, it's fun to fun to watch those guys. Yeah, I, I don't know if I will either. Uh, definitely looks like fun. Might give it a shot someday, but uh, I saw on Facebook that you took the whole family out recently, and, man, y'all got into some nice trout and redfish. Man, we had an excellent summer down at the coast. We uh, we typically try to spend a lot of our summer down there between baseball and everything else, but we did. We got into some really good trout and redfish action. Uh, we typically try to get out of the boat and wade fish and, and kind of – stock up on them but uh man we had some fun times and some good trips down there well yeah it sure looked like it and um i guess let's go ahead and shift gears and, and talk a little bit about forever last uh whom we are thrilled to have as a part of the show uh anytime we can work with a texas-based outdoor company is a major plus for us uh first and foremost uh, so tell us a little bit about the history of forever last and, and how this thing got started it's been over a decade now Yes, sir. We actually are, uh, we'll be going into our 17th year next year, as a matter of fact. And, you know, we just started on a grassroots level. We, uh, we started with one item and, uh, had a goal in mind of getting that one item into Academy. And, and they've been a great partner for us. They, of course, uh, added that product, which, which fueled the fire, I guess you could say. And, you know, since then we've added so many products and, uh, they've been a big part of that. And, and, and what was that first product? The first product was actually a folding gambrel to uh, in use in, in processing deer, mm-hmm. uh, and we got it and, and got it going. And then, you know, of course, other ideas began to pop, and we uh, we kind of put our name on the board when we introduced our Rayguard wading boot for the saltwater industry, and it protects you from stingrays, of course, while weight fishing. And that item uh, just exploded for us, and a, and a lot of items spurred off of that and its success, and. You know, now we've got everything from game feeders to snake protection products to, uh, you know, game care products. Uh, you know, some of our more popular ones and are the uh, tree hugger game feeders. We've got the hitch hoist, which plugs into the back of your vehicle to, to process deer. And, you know, we just got a wide array of products, but all of those were born from our use in the field or on the water. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's undeniable that we've used them because that's, that's where it came from. So, mm-hmm. you know, when we when we do create a new product or the products that we offer, you know, you can be guaranteed we've used them, we've tried them, and you know, there's always going to be some flaws here and there. And we 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 pride ourselves in customer service, so we want to make sure the listeners know if there's ever an issue with our products, just give us a call. You know, we'll we'll fix you up, we'll take care of you, just like your family, and and that's how we want it to be. Right on. Yeah, and I guess I got to ask, how how can you guys do so many things well? Because often you know, you see companies, they have good intentions, but they end up overextending themselves, biting off more than they can chew. And, and I think it costs them quality across the board uh, at the end of the day. So how do you guys avoid that? I think our, you know, 
our philosophy's always been just slow and steady, uh, not try to grow too fast. You know, we've we've definitely got some great partners in Cabela's and Bass Pro and Academy and Gander Mountain and, and the list goes on. We've got a bunch of retailers that support us, but we do it on a on a very slow basis. We don't go in there and try to sell them everything at one time. We try to sell what fits the market. And that's kind of been our, our success, I think, uh, to remain, you know, a good supplier by by not over-promising and under-delivering. You know, we'd rather, you know, be able to deliver the product on time or, you know, if a customer needs something, we'll get it to them. And, and that's, I think that's been the, the, you know, the product of our success anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we're really looking forward to working with you. I mean, essentially, you, you know, this was a grassroots company. Our, our radio show obviously is a grassroots radio show, uh, Texas-based, and, and I think it's going to be a really good fit. Um, talk a little bit about... Uh, snake protection i mean obviously that's <laughs> that's paramount whether you're you know springtime and you're turkey hunting or it's early fall and and you're walking to a bow stand uh rattlesnakes copperheads and if you're in the marshy area obviously water moccasins are uh prevalent all over texas yes sir i mean it's a it's a very b- big deal for our company it's become one of our our better lines of products we offer everything from snake boots on down to your just snake guards which basically wrap around your lower leg and and kind of everything in between, we've, we offer a, a more economical line and a plastic guard. And then we have your camouflage versions and, and different versions that fit different, you know, people and, and their desires of what they want to wear. And um, so we, we kind of cover all the bases with that. And, and going back to, you know, our success, it's, it's just been what's been needed in the market or what we feel like the customers are wanting or needing out there. So, you know, pr- trying to provide a little bit of, uh, economical uh, products for some, and then you know the more stylish and and like the real tree camo that we use on the upper end uh, items. But you know there's a fit for everyone, and and that way everybody can be protected while out there having a good time in in the outdoors. Right on, right on. Well, yeah, and whether it's uh, walking to the the bow stand or uh, you know wetting the flats, I mean, yeah, uh, getting tagged by a snake or a stingray is not something I'm uh, ever looking forward to, to no, dealing sir, with. So. I've, I've seen some guys experience a stingray hit and that's not something I wanted to, to partake in. So that's where, that's really where the evolution of the Ray Guard came in. My, my father-in-law and brother-in-law both got hit in back-to-back years. And, ah. you know, I didn't want third time to be the charm. So we developed the, the Ray Guard product line and, and off of that spurred the snake line. You know, I, I said, well, heck, if it'll stop a, a Ray Guard, a stingray, it'll, it'll dang sure stop a, stop a snake. So that's where, that's where it came from. And, you know, it's kind of just evolved over the years, you know, uh, one product leads to another and, and fortunately, we've been unique in, in our product selection, and we kind of fit the niches so that, you know, we kind of provide something that nobody else does. Right on. And if you want to go ahead and give us the website and Facebook so that uh, folks can check out the full line of products you have to offer, the Texas Outdoorsman or Woman. Yes, sir. And I also wanted to say congratulations to you guys. You know, uh, being from a grassroots radio station, I know there's a lot of competition out there, but you guys are doing something unique and different. and and I wanted to applaud that as well, and and that's that's truly who we try to support is is the people that came up through the ranks like we did, and and so I just wanted to put that in there for you, and and the listeners can find us uh, on our website at www.foreverlast.com, or on Facebook at Foreverlast Products, and uh, we're also on Twitter at Foreverlast Inc. So we 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 tried to get into the social media deal. It's become a you know about halfway through our our building process as a company, you know, all of this social media became, 
pretty popular. So we're we're learning as we go, but we're getting better at it as time prevails. Well, take it from me, man. It's like having another full-time job. Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> and you better stay on top of it yeah. or somebody else will. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, hey, Billy, I am thrilled about this new partnership and so excited to get the word out about Foreverlast, a company that I believe in one whose products I use in the field, and, and you guys are Texas-based and, and family-owned, and uh, I just think it's a, an awesome fit. Yes, sir. You know, our company motto has become we live hunting and fishing, and, and, and it truly is our passion for the outdoors and the spirit that lives within us that has created the, the company for us. And, and without God being a, a very vital part of that, you know, I don't know where we'd be, but uh, I had somebody ask me the other day, how do you how do you remain successful and, and uh in your marriage and in your business and i said well god's the center of it and you know i really and truly believe that so uh you know i, I know there's a lot of, of variances in what people believe but to us that's that's what's really important well said my friend and i hope that your son sticks a big one with that crossbow tonight we're gonna give him heck trying i can promise you that <laughs> sounds good we'll talk soon all right man take care cable all right there he goes and what a nice guy to president and founder of forever last mr billy gurkey and uh, we'll have some cool Foreverlast giveaways coming up on the show and through our social media outlets, so cool stuff for you guys and gals as well. And that segment, by the way, proudly brought to you by Dallas Safari Club, the worldwide leader in big game conservation. Don't forget their annual convention is coming up in Dallas January 15th through the 18th. Uh, for more info on that event or becoming a member of Dallas Safari Club, just go to biggame.org. Org. Let's knock out a quick break when we come back, change things up a bit, talk some redfish, trout, and a whole lot more when our longtime friend Captain Lynn Gerard joins us live from the Upper Laguna Madre. You're listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. The Central Flyway migration of ducks and geese is going to be epic. And if your trigger finger is getting that itch, then give Ed Hansen of Hansen Outdoors a call. Now booking trips in the Northeast Texas area. Hunt lakes like Cooper or Lake Fork for $150 a gun or hunt Ed's private honey holes for $200 a gun. You'll also enjoy amazing dog work with Retriever Champion Lead. Isn't that right, Lead? Visit HansenOutdoors.net to book your trip today or give Ed a call at 903-521-4595. Kids under 15, hunt free. Hansen Outdoors also now booking September Dove and early teal trips. Rockwall Gun Club is North Texas' premier shooting facility, offering both indoor and outdoor ranges, including a unique 500-yard rifle range. If shotgunning's your thing, then check out the 18-station clay course. Opening summer 2014, Rockwall Gun Club is offering special introductory family and corporate membership rates for founding members. Located at 15950 State Highway 205, you can also visit rockwallgunclub.com or call 972-215-6902. Rockwall Gun Club, the private shooting experience. At Frost, we could talk to you about our 24-7 online banking. Or we could talk to you about our more than 1,100 ATMs across Texas. We can even talk to you about our mobile banking app that lets you pay bills, transfer funds, and deposit checks from anywhere. But at the end of the day, there's nothing we enjoy more than to just talk to you. Thank you for calling Frost. How may I help you? We're here with the technology and convenience you want and the service you deserve. Frost. Banking. Investments. Insurance. 
Larson Electronics is a Texas-based lighting company that's been outfitting the United States military since the 1960s. And while they continue to support our troops, they also now have over 200 lights ideal for your hunting and fishing needs, like the 35-watt HID camouflage go-light striker with remote that's 15 million candle power in the palm of your hand. Ideal for predator and hog hunting, they also have remote-controlled floodlights, feeder lights, and LED boat lights. Visit LarsonElectronics.com and go Texan with Larson Electronics for all your lighting needs. Hey y'all, Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Earl Thomas Connolly bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Lone Star Beer and Hop. Power Polaris Fire and Smoke's the name of that one, a classic there. I'm Cable Smith, by the way. Thank you so much for being here with me. I certainly do appreciate it as we are about to talk a little coastal fishing. But first, uh, this segment of the show is proudly brought to you by Sendero Seed Company, Texas' premier seed company. They've got anything and everything you need to keep your whitetail herd happy and healthy, including the Dr. Deer-backed Buck Forge Jotes. Check them out at SenderoSeed.com or call my buddy Rob Hughes at 1-877-610-SEED today. Sendero Seed Company for all your planting needs. Well, what do y'all say we go ahead, change things up a little bit. Uh, welcome one of our oldest friends back to the program. He joins us every month from the Texas coast to talk redfish trout and who knows what else it is my pleasure to welcome our good friend captain lynn gerard back to the show well i know it's been a long time cable yes it's been a long I don't know. Time since too. yeah well we missed last month's report i don't know how but uh i guess I we know. Just... well this is my busiest time of the year i i just you know just i'm almost fishing almost every single day it's kind of <laughs> crazy we're catching so many redfish and, and a lot of black drum today we just we're getting ready to annihilate the black drum we're heading out there in a little while and and I know this spot is just incredible. There are so many schools, and, and the funny thing is I'm the only boat around in this one area. And what we do is we actually drift with the wind and just go over one school of fish after another and just sidecast with uh, using uh, pieces of shrimp or live shrimp. And it's just crazy. It's just it's really fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and when, when I was down there fishing with you in August uh... – we definitely caught some nice black drum, and, and that wasn't, I mean, that was just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, they, they haven't even really got in there in full force yet. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. It seems like there's just more this year. I don't know what it is. It hmm. really does. Hmm. Um, and the redfish are just, you know, in a huge school. There's a place um, right pretty close to where the Corpus Christi Bay is, and it's a place we call Dead Man's. It's right along the coast, so it's only about four foot of water, and you know, and down to you know where duck blinds are. There's duck hunting there and everything like that. And we just kind of cruise through there, 
and the schools of redfish were like a like a football field long. It was just crazy. Oh, wow. You know, bro- you know, broken up in different, you know, like 20 here, 30 there, 50 there, 100 there, but just around that whole area like that. We, you know, we used the top waters in the morning, and they're they're starting to get really aggressive. So the so the uh, artificial um, season is like just about right, you know, in the midst coming up. As far as the redfish and their migration into the shallows this time of the year, what are they feeding on predominantly? Uh, as far as you know, what bait are they chasing when they're in those shallow pockets? Well, there's of course there's a lot of mullet, but you know they're you can. They're you know they're like slapping the bottom and then just you know eating everything in sight. In other words, they're they're really trying to get you know healthy because they're going to start spawning in December, mm-hmm. in that you know in that about that time frame. And so they're just like uh, any fish does, like the trout do, just before their spawn, they're just as the best fishing for them because they're just eating everything in sight. Just gorging themselves. Yeah. yeah, and they school up and then they head out to the Gulf. Uh huh. Uh huh. So little crabs, shrimp, any type. Oh, of... absolutely. Yeah, they're just uh, they're gorging. Uh-huh. And they'll they'll eat, you'll even eat the piggy perch and croaker when you're fishing for trout uh-huh. right now too. Flounder are starting to show up again now too. It's just that time of year when in October and November and of course early December too. You know, and just that that time is is like this. You know, you come in with hundred pounds of fish. There's three people. I think three people today. We had probably about probably about seventy some odd pounds of fish. Wow. That that includes trout too. We're still catching, you know. Trout are still a lot of the trout still have their eggs because we had such a late, you know, such a weird winter last year. We had all those cold fronts and stuff that the trout were all kind of behind times, and so there we're still catching some nice trout that are, you know, still have eggs in them. So that's that's kind of crazy too. Uh huh. Well, yeah, and you have to save those eggs for me. You know how I like to fry oh, up those cool. those row sacks. <laughs> I tried that. That was the grossest thing I ever ate. I yeah, thought it was yeah. like sandpaper. Oh, man, I love it. I think it's delicious. Put some, fry it up just like you would a filet and put some, uh, some a little, squeeze a little lemon juice on there and maybe even dip it in a little ketchup or, or horseradish sauce. Oh, that is a uh, Yeah, as a matter of fact, my, my wife had just got a, got a kitten and when it smelled it, it left. It never came back. <laughs> no, I know you're lying. Uh <laughs> But uh, well, as far as the trout, what what depth are you finding them at right now? We're still, I'm still catching them on. Actually, we caught some nice trout on uh, using piggy perch today because the croaker are too big, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I'm just using piggy perch and actually shrimp too. Um, a lot of people are using shrimp under a popping cork like you would in the summer, but they see now you can get with a shrimp under a popping cork and you're drifting the flats. You're going to catch your trout and your redfish. Mm-hmm. You know, so you run across a school of redfish and you know the your poles are going to go crazy. Yeah. So so you're still finding trout in shallow, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and also on the intercoastal and, you know, off the drop-offs and stuff. Uh, that's where we just, are three-man yeah, they're, still, they're still so in good, they're in great shape right now, too. Because we had that, well, we had a couple of northerns that came in, and the weather was really weird. And it felt a little chilly today when we woke up, but it, it turned around to, to a south wind again. And so it was really a lot of fun. Uh huh. And, and Captain Lynn, uh, you actually just fished in the Stripes tournament this past week, uh, which, man, that brings a lot of traffic down to the uh, Corpus Christi area. Huge tournament. Probably 300 boats. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. And uh, we had, we actually had a redfish, and I thought because uh, you can, uh, they have do have a small competition. With, you know, between the you know between a lot of the guys and stuff, you know, for redfish and stuff, but you can't have an oversized red. So uh, we had a redfish that I thought was exactly 28 inches, 
and then they take the you know if you get two or three twenty-eight inches, the you know the people that catch them will bring them in, weigh them in, so you'd have a that's who wins the boat. If you get one over twenty-eight inches, it doesn't count, just uh-huh. like in any tournament. So yeah, we had one that was right on twenty-eight. I thought we got it in there, and it was twenty-eight and an eighth. So wow. <laughs> so we got what well, we got disqualified by an eighth of an inch. Jeez. They were they're all on top of the water and the water is just crystal clear and you can just see them ahead you know so what you do is you just free line with just no weight at all just a piece of shrimp fresh fresh dead in other words you take a, a live shrimp you just kind of crack them you know you put them on the hook so he's just fresh dead is what we call it mm-hmm. you know these drum are not little either they're you know they're right around the 20 25 to 30 inch category so you're talking anywhere from a you know eight to ten to fifteen pound fish. Mm-hmm. And they're, they'll fly up next to your bait and look at it, and then turn away and just swim away slowly. And it makes you it gets you all mad. So then you'll try something different. You'll try well, maybe I'll try a half a shrimp. Maybe I'll try a whole shrimp. You know, maybe we'll try a shrimp on a jig head. Uh, we'll we'll try, try two shrimps. Until so, <laughs> something works. Yeah. A bobber. We'll try a bobber with a split shot. Let's see if this works. Until all of a sudden you'll catch one, so everybody will change and try that technique. So it's kind of fun. Well, Captain Lynn, let's change it up here and talk about the new five-fish trout limit down from 10 fish. It went into effect this fall. Uh, so far, have you seen a decline in the number of anglers heading to the coast to fish for trout, and has it affected your business at all? Well, still, I don't think we're going to see much until spring when we start our, you know, when we start the spring trout run. But most people, a lot of the, you know, it's going to affect the guides because there's, you know, there's many, many, many guides just you know rely on the trout fishing for their for their you know livelihood your limits cut in half yeah and it's also when you think about it it's going to affect the people that that make a living by you know getting the bait by you know netting the live croaker their their season is going to be cut in half also and the bait shops now they're going to have to you know sell more shrimp to keep their livelihood hooker a dollar a piece you know just about and yeah. and that's a big you know that's a big uh you know hit on those on those bait shops and on the on the people that catch the bait, and then also on the fishermen, too. Oh, yeah, so, when you think about how many, I mean, hundreds of thousands, probably even millions of croaker they, these bait shops sell annually, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a huge financial hit on them. Well, we usually, we usually figure we get two dozen croaker per person, like when we go fishing. Mm-hmm. You know, we figure that's about the average, what you're going to be using, you know, to get your 10 trout. And so now you're going to cut that down to, let's say, a dozen, you know, it's just it's just strange. It's just gonna I don't know. But I'll tell you what, that during the spring there is trout all the way from Baffin Bay along the intercoastal, all the way to Corpus Christi Bay, you can stop anywhere. And I'm talking a lot of little trout, you know, like because most of the guys know, you know, if they're you know, if somebody's catching some real nice trout, you're gonna go, you know, flood that area. And there's always the smaller trout. I mean, just as many as you can even imagine. You know, you could and especially because you don't want to go fishing using your croaker and, you know, your bait, if you know the whole area is flooded with small trout, because, you know, you can't keep them, you're going to be losing the bait. Mm-hmm. And so, but there, I don't see how, it's, it's so much politics involved there, because they didn't really announce it, they didn't tell the, the fishermen or anybody, you know, they say, oh, we, you know, the fishermen or the guides or, you know, the biologists didn't show up to fight this, and so it was all politics, and the politicians have no clue of, they don't even know that you're in swing a uh, native trout, a tide runner. A tide runner that we call a tide runner is a, the trout that come in from the gulf and come in from the bays to spawn in the flats. Right. And go to Madre. And they don't, you know, you ask them, they don't have a clue. <laughs> and then they go back out, of course, once they're spawned, now they go back out to the gulf and to the bays and stuff. Yeah, and it is also, definitely political, that is for sure. 
And one thing I did notice, too, now, we found out there was a place where, we, you know, I heard that this was, it was over in Edmonds Hole. It's called Edmonds Hole. And uh, they were catching some real nice trout over there. And so when I went over there, I started to see a lot of dead fish floating around. And I'm going, what the heck? Is this, you know, somebody poisoning fish or something? And what it was was these, uh, these people are catching their five fish, and they keep fishing. And they get a bigger fish, they throw the other one, the smaller one, in the water. They throw it away. Yeah. So you're going to be seeing, you're going to be seeing a lot of that. Man, it didn't take long for you to start seeing it firsthand. Well, you saw how many trout there were when we were fishing. Oh yeah. They were. It was hot. There was so many fish there, and it was crazy. Well, I usually side with Texas Parks and Wildlife. I think they have good intentions, uh, but probably missed the mark on this deal. It just doesn't seem like a, uh, a five fish trout limit was necessary up and down the entire coast. Uh, but Hey, Captain Lynn, we are out of time. We'll continue to monitor that situation. I look forward to our next visit coming up in November and y'all can check out Captain Lynn's website, captainlinsfishing.com. If you want to book a trip, October and November are the two best months out of the year, uh, especially if you want to get after big bull red. So Captain Lynn, thanks again. We will do it again soon. All right, Cable. Thanks a lot. I'm off. All right. Tight lines. All right. Thanks. All right, there he goes. Everybody's favorite and the always affable Captain Lynn Gerard. Man, just looking at the clock here, uh, we got to go. Got to get out of here. I've got a, a tree to climb this afternoon, and I'm sure you fine folks uh, hopefully have plans to get into the great outdoors as well this weekend. Uh, thanks to all of our guests today. Of course, Captain Lynn, as well as FLW Bass Magazine contributor Sean Ostruska. Uh, also, Billy Gerke of Foreverlast, and then also our Texas Parks and Wildlife Upland Game Bird Program Leader, Robert Perez. Uh, appreciate his quail forecast for the upcoming season. Uh, we'll do it again same time, same place next week. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. We couldn't do it without them. Uh, thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of the Lone Star Outdoors show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying... Y'all have a great week in the outdoors. Nobody said I've got to act like a Hollywood star. I wasted many an hour far too many bars. I don't like to drink alone at all. In the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of Dallas, Louisville, Bobcat of Fort Worth, and Bobcat of Longview. Visit BobcatOfDallas.com or call 469-586-0000 today.